Welcome back to Seen It Before. We'll re- where where we are probably going to say something stupid about your favorite movie. Because we've seen it all before. We're not doing movie drunks anymore, Danny. <laughs> You're right. You sounded very drunk there for a second. But I think my favorite thing <laughs> about, my favorite memory about movie drunks was uh, when we were doing the commentaries. Yes. And for some reason, um, like I, someone brought up like who like if you had to fuck any animal, what would it be? And I chose dolphin. That's remember? right. Remember that? I do remember that. You remember my reason? No. Because I dolphins don't. like to rape people, so I want to give it a taste of its own medicine. I'm gonna cut this out. <laughs> no, keep it in. It's great. <laughs> anyway, so this is our roundup episode for the end of the year for 2022. From what July to now? Something yeah, like we that, did. We probably. did one like halfway through the year yeah. for season four. So now we're doing one for season five. Yeah, so uh, uh, we're going to do three or four different movies. and um, but, So, like, yeah, there's going to be two technically that's not a TV show or a movie. We're, and then one yeah. is a TV show because Danny needs to talk about Star Wars. Yes. Um, and uh, Wow, spoilers. Uh, spoilers. What's the only Star Wars TV show that came out that was good this year? <laughs> we'll, we'll, get, we'll talk yeah, about yeah, that yeah. in a little bit. But, um, yeah, so uh, July to now, we are going to try to... Just round up the rest of the year, as we just mentioned. Let's just get right to it. All right, so we just mentioned Star Wars there for a second. So let's get right into Andor, a review of the series, a little quick little review of the series. Let me start my timer so I can keep us on track here. Um, <laughs> we tend to go off track. We tend to go way off track. All right. So, Danny, you love this show. I think it's the best yeah, I think it's the best live-action uh, Star Wars show that we have right now. And that's saying something because Mandalorian exists. I love the Mandalorian. Mandalorian is great, but it's so kind of like... It feels cheap, if that makes sense. I think... I, I didn't realize, but the volume really really kind of comes through. Like like how how it's shot. So it just, it just kind of looks... It looks fake. So like or like subconsciously, well, yeah, you know what I mean? That like weird. It, it's the weird yeah. green screen thing they do. It's not even green screen. It's um. Well, it's the volume. It's like it's just a big projector screen. Oh, that's what and it's it, it changes the the environment based on the camera angle. Yeah. So that's it. So it looks like it's on. It's you're in a real environment, and at the time, I'm like, oh, that's a really cool invention, and it looks real. But like once you see Andor, where they actually shot it on real sets, there's just no no comparison. This one this, so this. Uh, TV show Andor is so well put together production wise that like it, it just looks better than Obi Wan and The Mandalorian. You know what I mean? That's the one thing I will give it credit for. It looked stunning, yeah. beautiful. Everything looked great. Even the Coruscant stuff, which I know is just green screen and stuff like that. Like yeah, it still that looked really good because they had actual sets too. Yeah. Which I mean, they did have actual sets in Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, but like here and there though, it wasn't. It wasn't yeah. You know, exactly. like this show's entirely physically made you know and that just i don't know it i I didn't think it meant that much but it really does it really pulls you in and then you know and then we're you know it it, all this production stuff is to support the story and i and i'll say this is one of the best kind of like he says that it's it's a slow burn. I'll give you that. I love slow burn shows too. This no, you don't. Everything are you, you complain about. Me? Every movie Mind you complain. Hunter. Oh, the pacing's not fast enough. Mind Hunter. Mind Hunter. Yeah, that's a great show. I love the show. I love it. That's. Well, well, <laughs> you're also a true crime like nut. So exactly. like that's fair. That's fair. You know, I think yeah. Okay. But like, and or it was. I liked one arc in this show. 
one arc, and that was the Andy Circus prison escape arc. That I was, loved that arc. That's probably really my favorite. Done, really well done. Yeah. And but everything else, like, uh, what's what's that uh, person's name who's on course on the the crazy Mon Mothma? No, the other one. The crazy one. The the blonde one. The blonde. Uh, I don't know. Dina. Ted. Dina something. <sighs> so you're talking about the Imperial yeah, like she was the officer. worst part of the show. I hate really? the character. It made no. <clears throat> I don't know what if do you it made mean? no sense or if I just wasn't paying attention because I couldn't what? focus with this show. But I don't I don't know what it was, man. I just I, I thought her I didn't think she was that bad. She's like not definitely not like the main the main thing drawing me in, but no. like you know, honestly, Andor's isn't even the Oh, I didn't even care. He's not even really an entity in my mind for this show. Like it's interesting to see him do like like I care a little bit about his story, but like yeah. the like and Disney does this a lot with what they're doing a lot with their like with their TV shows and, and movies now. They're trying to do two different things at once. Like uh, Obi Wan was of course the Obi Wan show, but also an Inquisitor show. So it's like an A and an A two plot type of thing. Is what you're trying to yeah, say? Yeah. Like so, Andor is like a little bit about Andor, but mostly about the building of the rebellion. In which I think I, that's the part I'm really interested in. And we're seeing it through Andor's eyes, sort of. I wish we saw more of that. We didn't see enough of building the rebellion. We saw more of building the empire and then how they are at their height. But it was just, it didn't stand out to me as a real factor in the show that like made me want to keep watching. Really? I don't know, it, it man. Didn't, until the prison arc. Like, that was really cool. So it took you see, 10 episodes to get into the goddamn Jesus, show, man. man. Like, and then <laughs> the last two episodes kind of just pissed me off because the very last episode, I know it's supposed to be suspenseful. I know it's supposed to what really the? drag you in and Dude, keep you, you interested. I got goosebumps. I got chills when fucking Marva was like t- saying her speech. It was that. See, the speech was good. It went on way too fucking long. It was like nine minutes, dude. It went on for nine fucking minutes minutes that's bullshit it should not be like legit nine minutes like the speech was nine minutes long not necessarily the speech, but <laughs> everything that happened with that scene oh the build took up? like 10 minutes I yeah like, yeah no i get that uh, no i like that i don't know okay so like maybe maybe it would have been more impactful for like to have that big rebellion like massacre or whatever at the end of the season as that's the only thing but like, we get kind of something like that on ferrix in the third episode yeah. So they kind of like blow their load a little early, but like I also like how this show. <laughs> I like how this show is kind of like split up into different arcs. We have like three yeah, episode it's a, arcs. It's a Clone Wars thing. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a cool idea. But and like I don't know. I like I I do think you know it's a little rough around the edges because like um the uh, the plot line with his sister. He's looking for a sister. That's how this whole shit starts then, for him, and then it just kind of doesn't it, loop back. Yeah, and it's like you know so maybe season two will go into that a little more. Yeah, but season two is supposed to be a lot faster, and I'm like, okay, cool. Like we're in it now. We're gonna uh, find Alan Tudyk's character, whatever his name Hopefully, is. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, what's that'd be face? cool. Uh, what's the K two S O? K two S O. Jesus Christ. Um, I I am. Very excited to get more K2SO. He's my favorite Jordan. Yeah. He is my favorite. He's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and like, I think people overwrite or overlook Rogue One because like, I, I looking back on it, I think it's the most solid Disney Star Wars movie. You know what I mean? It, it, it was the first, uh, like, other Disney movie that they made after, yeah. um, Disney acquired it besides, you know, Force Awakens. Yeah. So like I like I, at the time I liked Force Awakens way more because I'm like, oh, this is like the main the main thing that we're doing right here. Mm-hmm. And then you know, Yeah, we but, don't need to get into that. <laughs> but yeah, I think this is a nice kind of callback to the you know, it, I feel like the, there's a lot more care take it put put into this into the show just based on a 
just just attention to detail uh in like just the, i feel like to care more about telling this story uh, instead of like obi-wan so and i also again i couldn't get into remember characters names so like who's the guy that owned the shop in coruscant Who, what's his name Luthen? Luthen, yes. There's a rumor, or I heard this. There's a really work. cool thing about him. Yeah, the the thing that he's, you know, Star Killer, that thing. Oh, I didn't, I didn't oh, hear you that. I heard that one. I heard that he's kind of like an old, or like a retired Sith or Jedi. And like, you know how there's that one scene where he's getting interrogated by Saw Gerrera towards the end? And they pull up like his like weird looking, like, it looks like a big lightsaber hilt. He's like, um, he's like, give it back or take it or, you know, destroy it or whatever. Um, yeah, so like people are saying that's his lightsaber, you know, that he doesn't use, and like so he seems to know a lot about, you know, this the behind the scenes stuff, just kind of in general. So, see, I mean, I'm interested. It would make sense that he's Star Killer because this takes place in the middle of like you know the rise of the Empire. Yeah, Star Killer is younger. It, it would make sense for him to be that, unless they totally like you know redo his story and everything, because Disney can do that. I but, mean, that's what they're doing with Revan. I hear. I think I think they're going to try to put him in High Republic era or something. Yeah. But there's something there's something else to to Luthen because he uh, you know he's um, he's got a Sith or a Jedi holocron or whatever in his display thing. Yeah. And it's like I'm not sure if he knows that it's like a thing. You know, he might just think it's an antique or whatever. Well. There's a lot to look forward to with Endor season two, um, whenever it comes out. It hasn't even started filming yet, so yeah. as of recording here. But yeah, but like I'm just, I'm just excited. For, I'm I'm actually excited about a Star Wars property. <laughs> you know, the only other thing that really got me this Mando this like three, excited maybe Mandor season three or Mando Mandor Mandor <laughs> Mandalorian season three and. Um, uh, Tales of the Jedi was a great surprise out I of nowhere. I haven't gotten to that one yet. I, I've heard it was good. It's so good, dude. Yeah. Like, you know, they do more. They do more in like 15 minutes than like an entire trilogy did. That's crazy. You know, it's fucking insane. But, you know, that's the power of Dave Filoni, I guess, you know. But I don't want to put too many eggs in his basket because, you know, he's, you know, he's done Book of Boba Fett. And he's kind of like burned us a few times. So, well, you know. We also, I mean, coming out during Mando season three is going to be Jedi Survivor. So maybe stuff is going to loop in. I'm so excited for that I game, know, dude. Man. I'm so excited. You know, as everyone knows, that Fallen Order is my favorite video game of all time. I've played it at it's least like the six times. Last of Us is mine, and we get that show. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna too. So, I mean, that that might be something I might get it because I've never been like into it. I tried to play the game, like okay, nah, and then I tried to watch it, like all the cutscenes as a movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, maybe the show will like get me into it or something. Hell yeah! Yeah. All right, we've gone well over on Android yeah yeah for eight minutes, but you know, let's um let's move on to pray. Because that is our next movie we're going to talk about. So that's the first one in this uh, roundup movie era yes. of uh, everything. The only things I really remember this, from this movie was the scenery. It was shot on location as well. It looked beautiful, stunning. Everything about it was really well done, even the costume design. Mm-hmm. Um, Predator was brutal. I remember, was he attacking a bear at one point? Yeah, he like, like skins dude. a bear in front of the, the main girl. I forgot her name. Dude, that was freaking wild. Um, <laughs> wild. I thought it was a very interesting and really cool place to bring the Predator franchise to, like the first time they land on the on Earth. Yeah, and they're fighting Native Americans. Like, yeah, crazy idea, but it works because it's like because in the first movie, Arnold has to like literally go back to his base elements, like you know, you know, building or like literally like grinding up or, or whittling a stick and like getting yeah, yeah, yeah. getting like weapons you know using booby traps and stuff that's what native americans at the time were just they just did you know to you know hunt and everything right so 
you know, it's like literally going back to primal that and they like times. They even like had the language stuff and everything too from the time, and that was really cool to see. As yeah, well. like there's actually a cut representation and everything. Which there's a cool. cut of the movie that's entirely in I forgot is it Navajo or uh, you know whatever the language uh, they're speaking Comanche. Comanche. Yeah. So yeah, it's really cool and, it, and like you know obviously more care put into it. Yeah, um, and it's Dan Trachtenberger directed it, and I love right. most I, of his stuff. He's a little underrated. Like, he did 10 Cloverfield Lane. Nobody really talks about him episodes, as part did, of that movie. He did the premiere of The Boys. He really? Did, yes. He did the wow. first episode of that. Yeah. Uh, Black Mirror, like, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's kind of... He's, up and coming. Yeah. He hasn't done too many movies yet. He's kind of like a Mike Flanagan, but, like, for like regular movies yes. instead of just horror, you know? Yes. Um... Yeah, he's got he's got some stuff coming up. It looks like um, nothing I can necessarily I know about, but it's, <laughs> it's some original stories. So that's that's yeah. cool to see as well. Yeah, I mean, like we definitely need more. You know, this is a franchise movie, but we need more kind of like uh, sensibility of original ideas. That's why I like, I like Ten Cloverfield Lane because, like, for all its faults, like the Cloverfield franchise, they what they do is they take you know spec scripts that have nothing to do with Cloverfield and then they just kind of alter them a little bit. So you'll see, it'll be like a side story in the Cloverfield universe after the fact. So it works sometimes and then sometimes it doesn't, you know? But I think that like Dan Trachtenberg, he's kind of like tiptoeing the line between franchise and original story at the same time. Because this movie, Prey, is such a weird idea, you know, that we wouldn't really see like, like, like... If, if it were like another director, like like what Shane Black did in 2019, he did The Predator. That's right. It was yeah. just more big army guys going it, after a predator, you know? It's just like, looping back to Star Wars here for a second, getting away from the Skywalker saga and everything. Yeah. It's a good thing to get away from these things sometimes. There's a bigger universe that you can explore and all that stuff. Oh, and, actually, the, uh, Andor is the first thing to not have a, lightsaber. any lightsaber in it, right? Well, I mean, if we count the lightsaber hilt that we might have seen, maybe I mean, that might count. But like, it's it's not maybe really, it's not prevalent enough. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't think the story itself is too um, unique. I think it's definitely more of like the atmosphere and the fact that it's a predator movie that makes it interesting. Um, you know, because I could see it coming where like you know she's the she's the hunter or she wants to be the hunter and then she turns out to be the best hunter out of all of them, you know. But like I like I like for the for the first one of the first times I've actually noticed this. Um, she's not perfect from the start, yep. and that's all I wanted. You know what I mean? Where yeah. she falls off the tree, she she bumps her head and she has to get you know humiliated and taken back Take to back. camp by her brother. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, so she has a flaw. Exactly. And that's great. And then she overcomes that's the that with some of the Marvel stuff they got going on right now. Like, yeah, have flaws. Yeah, like, I mean, I, mean, I talk I guess, about Captain Marvel, but I, mean, she's, I guess Shuri kind of has some too with like her dealing with the Shuri's death. dealing with grief. grief. I think so that's she's got that. Going. That's an interesting kind of backdoor. But you yeah. know, like, you know, I don't mind her too much. But Riri Williams is perfect. He, she's just as of now. We got she's automatically just Tony Stark level intelligence. You well, know? I, yeah, yeah, and whatever, it's fine. If they, you know, I don't know. We'll wait, we'll wait for the show. For <laughs> I've, I really stopped caring about super good quality for Marvel. Um, I watched a video essay where they're just like, the reason Marvel's successful is because they get on base. You know, they just make an okay, okay enough movie, and then they tease you for the next thing. Unless it's No Way Home. Even that, you know, looking Fuck back you. at it, it's... They, they do a, a serviceable job. They do a better job than what they had been doing. But... It's still not like 
it's it's not like uh, Captain America Winter Soldier level or like yeah, Camus does. <laughs> Please stand by. Anyway, we won't talk okay, about I'm Marvel. Back. You know, we won't talk about <laughs> don't it. Don't talk Jeez. about Spider Man like that. Jeez, you don't I, talk about Spider Man. I like, like the movie. I bought it on 4K. That means I like it. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So, uh, but Prey uh, overall, really good movie. I'd say yeah. it's probably like a good. Uh, it, it's like a seven and a half, a seventy-five. Yeah, it might, it might be in my top ten. I forget. Yeah. Um, but no, the thing that kind of makes me mad about this movie is that like, because the predator did so bad and because of the pandemic, they just kind of shuffled this one onto Hulu. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a little unfair. Cause this one could have done numbers, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's a predator. It's, it's a decently successful franchise, a decently good movie. It could have done numbers, you know, it was an interesting idea for the, for the very least, you know? Yeah. You don't know what you gave it. You don't remember what you gave it like out of a hundred. No. I do not remember. Okay. Well, that's fine. It's, I'd say I agree with you. It's like 75, 80. All right. Yeah. Well, let's move on to, um, yeah, let's move on to Barbarian. 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 Very interesting movie. I recently just saw this one for the first time, and, dude, it kept me on the edge of my seat the whole time. Like, it was that good. I was like, what the fuck is going to happen? Because, like, oh my God. Bill Skarsgård gets his head fucking bashed in. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about that. I was like... I was wait do the whole movie. I was waiting for him to somehow be the bad guy. Yeah, but because he, you they know, set it's, him up that way really well. Yeah, and like it's, it's even weirder that this movie's made by one of the whitest kids you know, guys. Is it? Yeah, uh, his name's Zach. Oh my god! You know, he's the one who always play all the all the girls in it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he just what? he comes out with this. You know, it's a really good. Like, I think it might be my favorite horror movie of the year. Like, it's like Jordan Peele level shit. Like, yeah, my god. <laughs> I guess just comedians, you know, are just they got a dark side. They can, they just know how to do horror. I don't know. I guess so. It's weird, but yeah, like so. The whole movie is like it's what she goes. She goes to like this abandoned. It's uh, an Airbnb. Is the Airbnb in like an abandoned Detroit. area in in is Chicago, Detroit, Detroit, um, and it's like yeah. So you can't tell how how run down the entire. Uh, block is because she goes there at night and, and you're thinking like oh it's a really bad neighborhood it's like got gang violence it's got yeah. all that kind of stuff I'm like the there. house looks pretty nice you know yeah even one point some dude that looks like a just like a homeless guy starts chasing her into a house and then you think oh god this yeah. part of town sucks this part is, it's all yeah awful. he's <laughs> and then you find out later oh he was just trying to save her from going back yeah in there's there. some like, weird shit going on in yeah. the basement bro but like yeah mother. so like, mother oh, <laughs> that's her name mother it's it, yeah the mother or whatever <laughs> gross dude yeah dude she looked like a <laughs> goblin but yeah i i thought it was very interesting especially because like most people i know a lot of people i talked to about this movie they didn't like the whole like it cuts from the the girl and oh. bill skarsgård's story right to justin long's story i liked in that. the middle I, of I didn't it mind it i liked it i thought it was a cool like, oh oh so he's dead or oh, we're gonna cut we're gonna do something and else now like, Justin okay. long is here and yeah. he's and i got like and i'm not he's if, a harvey weinstein character yeah <laughs> yeah but <laughs> if if you have you seen tusk i have not yeah okay so that movie is so traumatizing to me and i guess a lot of people on tiktok where they're just like they instantly if they instantly see him in a movie, like a horror movie, they're just like, yeah, this is going to be the most fucked up horror movie I've seen in a while. Oh. He just has that look or whatever. Cause that like, he, I don't know. It's so outlandish. Like Tusk is, mm. but he gets turned into a walrus and like kept as a pet. He is the walrus. Yes. 
that uh, oh my god that's probably how kevin smith came up with that idea he was just like probably just smoking a joint like on his bed he's just like let's listen to i am the walrus like oh dude yeah but yeah yeah so but yeah justin long he does he does a really good job being a complete scumbag in this movie oh yeah uh, I wanted you know, to reach the state, estate, or the state while he's being investigated yeah, like, and everything. Yeah, goes to his uh, his property, which happens to be that rundown property in Detroit. Yeah. And I love the whole like the whole like I guess the commentary on like uh, how it's just like this guy is such an asshole. Little he, like he gentrified the area, so it's like a commentary on gentrification, and like it's a commentary on like um, men abusing women because like you know she's. Um, cause like uh, I watched this essay where like the, the mother is a product of just abuse, like generations of abuse, you know, like, uh-huh. like cause her, her, or her dad or yeah. dad or yeah, whatever her, her is dad. the, is the rapist killer that they do a flat, again, they do a flashback yeah. to show him. And, and apparently there's generations of that. Yeah. So in the she, making. I'm just like, like oh my she's God. the victim to start out with. And then she becomes the victimizer towards the end because she's so it's just a product of you know it's just a vicious cycle and then it's how um you know justin long like the hollywood types the elites they contribute to that mm. and they're you know they don't even have to be in the same vicinity you know like you know like that's it's a really interesting like you know what what he's saying you know yeah and like where and like it doesn't it doesn't actually get in the way like most messages you know political commentaries yeah. do i think in a lot of other it just movies. works so well with the story and it, yeah. it just kind of blends in but it is there yeah and those are the good stories those are the really good stories yeah. they don't kind of like linger on it too much because it's like it's layered correctly like yes. there's the layer of it's just a really good horror movie suspenseful you know cam- different camera angles you know the different the score and the silence and the sound effects and stuff the acting sound of silence <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if they actually just like start playing that the second movie music reference I've made in this one? But uh, then on the second level, yeah. you look into it, then it's like, oh, that's what he's trying to say. And then even deeper, you can go into like you know, it's like spiritual and shit. But yeah, like, <sighs> yeah, <laughs> like it, I gave this movie, I think four and a half stars. Hold on, I want to talk start. about. Yeah, I want to talk about the end when he just fucking throws the, the woman off the fucking yeah. Tower. Well, that's that's cool. <laughs> Because it's like you, you, the whole movie, you're like, oh, so he's gonna, you know, this this elite douchebag is gonna finally learn his lesson. He's gonna overcome and get a redemption arc. No, <laughs> no. he's gonna be a complete douchebag to the end. You know, throws her off the water tower. I don't know how she didn't die, but you know, she landed on the mother. <laughs> you know, she must Somehow. be a really soft mother. I don't know. Hey, she got the soft breasts. She got, um. <laughs> I mean, they are. <laughs> uh, and then that woman ends up killing the mother. And then and yeah. she lets her. And I don't look her. at it as like killing her, like it for her self defense. I look kind of putting her out of her misery, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you know? That's, that's really looking just, at it. Her life is just, you know, literally in a, in a fucking basement in cave, yeah. you know? So. Oh, yeah. This, like even, this movie is fantastic. I, yeah. I love this movie. It's probably like a solid 88 for me. I, yeah. I loved it. Um, yeah, I would, I'm not. I gave it four and a half stars, and I, and I liked it. Well. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I'd definitely watch it again. Yeah. I got to watch it again. It, yeah. See all those deeper layered meanings, as you mentioned. All right. Violent Night. Yeah. Violent Night. We were going to do this one as its own episode, but we decided not to because we also just couldn't have, didn't have time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Our schedule gets, you know. It's a bitch. All anyway, stuff. Yeah. Um, so, we... This movie was way more violent than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Like, I thought it was... I didn't... I mean, I should have realized it was R and it was going to be more of a bloodfest, but 
I was thinking like, oh, it's not gonna be that bad. And then you know, someone gets fucking put through a snowblower. Yeah, um, so stabbed in the eye with like a Christmas ornament with a Christmas candy, <laughs> and it gets turned on. Yeah, what is this? Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's basically Die Hard as a uh, in a family upper wealthy class home. Yeah, um, it's it's like. Um, Oh yeah, it's Home Alone meets Die Hard, I guess. Yeah, that's that's yeah. what it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, just I liked it because it's like um, th- there was a a big kind of like trend in like the '90s after Die Hard came out. It was to be like um, like movie execs would just like pitch ideas for movies to be. Oh, it's Die Hard, but this. It's Die Hard <laughs> with this. You know, like Speed is Die Hard on a bus. Uh, Air Force One is Die Hard on a plane with the president. You know, stuff like that. I actually never saw that one. Uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop is uh, Die Hard in a Mall. Die Hard in a Mall. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, uh, this is like continuing that trend. It's like, what if we did Die Hard with Christmas and Santa? You know? But actually it, made it a Christmas movie. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Although it is it's very it is enjoyable. A Christmas movie. So this movie, uh, David Harbour as Santa. 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 <laughs> as Santa. It starts off with him just in a bar, just drinking. Yeah. And he's like, this is going to be the last Christmas. I'm done with this shit. Um, <laughs> I mean, so they, I like that they kind of took the effort to give him an arc, yeah. you know? Or like, they gave a couple people arcs in this. Uh, yeah. And well, the, they, they didn't have to. Like, it could have just been a schlocky, just dumb yeah, They gave the parents an arc, movie. so they got back together. They gave the kid an arc, obviously, because she's yeah. home alone. Um, and, like, an interesting John one. John Leguizamo. <laughs> yeah, well, he's just, I fucking hate Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Santa beats his ass. Yeah. But even Santa, like, you know, unusually, like, is doesn't have the Christmas spirit. And, like, that's kind of cool. Like, he is the Grinch. Yes. Of, but he is Santa. And then he also had that weird thing where he's like a Viking or a warrior of some sort. Yeah, they like, gave him a backstory. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so somehow he became Santa, and that's probably like how they're going to set up a sequel to that somehow. And That's fine. It'd, you know? it'd be cool. It'd yeah, be, it'd like, be cool. The, the thing I like, this, I like about this movie is it's refreshing because it just knows what it is. Yeah. You know, it's just like we're not. We're not prestige cinema here. We're not trying to do anything, really. It's like a straight-up Halloween movie. Yeah. But at Christmas, it's the nightmare before (laughs) Christmas. Like, um, (laughs) what's his face? Oh, I think my favorite character was probably um, the, the daughter's boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Or is, or is his husband uh, Morgan Steele? But because I recognize Steel. that guy, he's from. Um, he had a pretty big year in two thousand eight. Uh, he was in Never Back Down. Wait, is it is it called Never Back Down? Maybe I don't know. Uh, it's it's a fighting you uh, like you know a bunch of college or high school kids are in like UFC or whatever. Okay, and he's like the villain of it. <laughs> it's it's so dumb. Um, you know, and like uh, there's like a famous scene from it where like. Um, you know he's 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 fighting another guy and he, he's like a, he's like this big kind of like acrobatic he's got like dreads and stuff okay. and he's like doing flips and shit you know like you're really putting on a good show kind of like the Indiana Jones scene oh where like oh. where the guy with the sword is going like this you know yeah. yeah and then he just one punches him and just fucking knocks him out he's like yep yeah, because it's a competition he's like yeah we're all good you know so that was a really cool scene but I like him uh, he can play like stupid like over the top villain he's also in Twilight too. His uh, villain in that, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, but now he, I didn't know he could play fucking like just an idiot. Yep, it was I, so funny. Yeah, 
double uh, twist right there. The uh, yeah, the the guard, the, the security the, guard, security company, or whatever. They I are. knew the extraction some, team. Yeah, they, yeah, they were bad as well. And I knew something like, was coming up with that because it's like you know they mentioned like yeah they're coming and then like the the robbers like didn't seem concerned at all. Uh, the end of this movie was <laughs> wild. Like he. We saw the sni- the uh, nose thing all the way through the, the movie, and then he finally gets it to work. And yeah, <laughs> just threw the stone just, in the chimney. Yeah, I'm like, oh, is I'm it? Like, oh. I'm thinking like, oh, is he gonna like? Because I didn't think he was gonna like that was gonna happen. Yeah, I thought he was gonna either. like you know transport him to the top of the chimney and then choke him out there or something. Nope. No, he just Exploded. like the magic doesn't work on humans. I guess straight up explodes. <laughs> <It's> just. <laughs> Yeah. And then Santa came back to life because they believed in Christmas. You know, typical, yeah. typical ending there. But yeah, it was, it was I thought good. it was so much like Elf. Yeah. <laughs> See, like it's a mix of so many movies, and I, I yeah. love that. I was getting big Elf vibes from that part. Because <laughs> um, that's my favorite Christmas movie. Yeah. But go back to our Christmas episode of what twenty twenty something like that. Yeah, we were uh, we were we were really drunk on uh, yeah, hot we chocolate and about- vodka. Yeah, the peppermint, the peppermint vodka, vodka. It was so chocolate. good. Yep. <laughs> oh man, what a time. You know, one of my favorite episodes from that kind of era is like um, when we did the Oscars retrospective. It it was our longest episode at the time. And it got like six listens or whatever. But like, I love that one so much. It was fun. (laughs) It was a fun time talking about the Oscars. And this year might not be that fun with the Oscars. No. But I hate the Oscars. (laughs) Well, especially because like I hear, I'm hearing really good things about the whale. I'm really excited to see that. Yeah. So on to our final uh well, a final two. Final two. Technically kind of one, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'll get to our top ten movies of the year. Yeah! Uh, so, our uh, final two are Werewolf by Night and the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Oh, man. These. I think one is definitely better than the other. And it's Werewolf by Night. Oh! Oh, okay. Here we go. <laughs> Interesting. I think Werewolf by Night is a cool kind of one-off idea. Um, it's a good dive into the supernatural side of Marvel. Right, I think it's. I think if they go in that that route, it's just too much, you know. I they have to have kind of like a separate universe well, inside the, the MCU. I think if they keep doing, well, I mean, they're going to be getting darker anyway with Blade coming and with Deadpool three coming and all that. That would stuff. be interesting if Blade is like hunting. So like they just show up in like the Blade movie or something. Okay. Yeah, like That's that better. could that could be pretty cool. Yeah, and then more specials, special presentations. They could have some more supernatural ones, like a Halloween special every year type of deal. Yeah, or something. I don't know. I'm definitely, I'm not tickled as much um, by Werewolf by Night as I am with the Guardian special. Maybe it's just because I know those characters way more and I like them more. All right, well, let's start with Werewolf by Night. So it's a pretty cool scenario. Like It's like this Hunger Games style thing they got going on where they have to like find the monster or whatever and then defeat the monster, which is Ted, and we need more Ted in our lives. But um, <laughs> I fucking love Ted. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know because... Um, I might be committing sacrilege or whatever oh, here. Um, I didn't know who Man Thing was. I, I didn't either until you know? I looked I just, up his comic origins and he's an actual yeah. dude that gets turned into this thing. So, I mean. Is he the copy or is Swamp Thing the copy? You say Swamp Thing? That's DC's version. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, you. Oh, oh. So you know how they go back, like Aquaman I, I, and Namor? I and think it's Swamp Thing is the original. That's the Okay. I think so. Because I know Swamp Thing, I think, I a little know. more than Man Thing. Um, that's just my guess. My guess. Um, so, because DC is technically older, and I would make it would make sense if they did first. Yeah, but like they didn't. So, like I know, like it, I think it tends to be that the most the more popular character is is the copy. Because, like, um, 
uh, Plastic Man came before Mr. Fantastic and Namor came before Aquaman. Yeah. But, you know, like, obviously, Fantastic Four is way more popular than fucking Plastic Man. True. Who the fuck is that, you know? So, I don't know. But I just thought it was interesting. It's kind of like, um, you know, just introducing... I guess that that area of Marvel yeah, that that's, isn't that's all I wanted it to do because like the Bloodstone thing was pretty cool too like um, and then how they had the whole Wizard of Oz thing at the end everything turned to color that was pretty cool um, yeah like there's a lot of Wizard of Oz shit going on in Marvel right now um, yeah yeah like Yellow Brick Goodbye Yellow Brick Road and the Ant Man trailer too um, yeah yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of weird. I don't know what huh. that's about, but if it's just coincidence or not, but it's it's cool and I like it. It's, I feel like Thor: Love and Thunder was kind of doing that too. I don't know what specifically, but I just got that vibe. And, and I think with Werewolf by Night, they that's more of a quality thing than a quantity thing. It's definitely a, a higher quality type of yeah. special. And Michael Giacchino, Michael Giacchino directed like this yeah one. directorial and debut, really cool. He killed it. Yeah, killed it. And I am. I love his composing in most of these movies. No Way Home slaps. <laughs> Here we go on Spider-Man again. Um, <laughs> I loved the, it. The score slaps. Yeah. Well, the thing about the thing about uh, Michael Giacchino and Hans Zimmer, and like all the all the the modern day composers that are really famous right now, they don't exactly make music. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. like Danny Elfman, he makes a melody and like a tune, like a, you know, yeah. you know, um, but Hans Zimmer literally like, literally like does like, duh, duh, you know, yeah. it's two fucking notes, you know, and like he makes kind of like sounds, you know what I mean? Like, like the score of Dunkirk is uh, like ticking, you know? Like the clock. So and I'm not, I'm not like, I get, I get, it. I don't, I'm very, I'm, I'm very like, Iffy on the the term calling it a score, it sounds more just like a collection of sound effects that make up uh, a soundscape. I think that that would be like a better classification I of think it. That's just the trend nowadays, though. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just how it is now. Yeah, and Michael Giacchino and um and Hans Zimmer are definitely the forefront of that. Yes, and I but like that. I like um Ludwig is kind of like the in between of those. You know what I mean? Where like. Um, like Mandalorian, like dun, 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 you know, that's kind of like music. But then you also have like the um, like Boba Boba Fett Boba, you know, like they're kind of like he's kind of in, inducing it. You know what I mean? It's hard to explain. Yeah, you know, I got you. I got you. I can't. <laughs> I'm trying to make make music out of my mouth. But yeah, the facts were with night. Yeah. Um, the uh, relationship between man thing and uh. What's the other dude's name? Oh, God damn it. What's the dude's name? With the guy with the beard? Yeah. I don't know his name. Dude. I saw it once. Yeah, so did I. All right. Well, the main dude and, and Ted, their relationship is really buddy-buddy, and I like that. And if they show up in Blade, it's going to be great. Even though, if they're, even if they're getting hunted, it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, well, Blade's kind of just, I don't know what the fuck's going on with that movie. It's kind of like The Flash. It, it does have a director now, so that's good. All right. Well, yeah. transitioning to Guardians Holiday Special, um... This one was very fun, very fun, very Christmassy, very Kevin Bacony, um, and yeah, I love that they just went with Kevin Bacon of all people. I, I love it because yeah. Footloose and you know um, Peter is obsessed with those movies from the eighties and everything yeah. he grew up with. And <laughs> they get the uh, the new or the the old seventy twos or whatever they are they are 
to uh, do the music in the, that or whatever. Yeah. I think it's the old 72s. Is that their name? Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I, I like this. Uh, <laughs> I thought, I thought it went a little long with the, with musical numbers. Yeah. Uh, Cause there's two of them and they're, they're both are. like 10 minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, but um, uh, they really, they were really able to kind of, or James Gunn was really able to transition the, the, the old spotlight. 97s, that's the band. Old 97s. Anyway, they were able to transition from, you know, the main characters that we usually follow in the Guardians movies, like Peter and you know, Gamora. They're not, well, Peter's there, but he's not the main character. And then no. Gamora's just not, not even around. Well, yeah, I think they're because like, of MCU timey-wimey shit. Apparently she's in like a different faction of the uh, Ravagers. So that's what she's working with them now, apparently. Okay. Um, at least at the beginning of Guardians 3, that's what it's going to be. So, cool. But yeah, um, but now this is a spotlight on Mantis and Drax. Which is cool because uh, they don't—they're usually just the goofy side characters that don't get to do anything. Yeah, and they had a good arc in the second Guardians of the Galaxy as well, which is when James Gunn actually wrote the holiday special. So, oh, he wrote that it long during ago. that. Yeah, he wrote it Shit. a long time ago. Um, but yeah, like, um, yeah. So they—they they want to do something nice for Peter, and them being aliens, Peter. they don't understand, you know kidnapping laws and and the, so the, they the just song's like we don't know what christmas is but it's christmas time that's the yeah. name of the song i like, like the, that yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah they uh <laughs> had fun with it it's very much like you know we're aliens uh but we're doing christmas yeah, you know yeah. and i didn't realize peter was this uh you know beloved i guess in the community the alien community yeah, out of nowhere just, they own nowhere now which is kind of interesting like how did they get that from the collector like did they just buy it from him or like because the collector's still alive too so i mean oh he is he's confirmed to be alive yes why do you like this one so much more than werewolf by night i i don't know why i think it's just because i'd like these characters more i got nothing other than that it was fun it was a nice little i fell asleep in uh, werewolf by night too pretty much right when i got really interesting maybe you should watch werewolf by night again (laughs) yeah i heard a theory about like why he's kind of growing like this and he doesn't look like you know his father former group or whatever you want to say um <laughs> and how he's more buff and like all this stuff because he's around two like celestial beings and he's getting the power from them and so like mantis and peter are both basically celestial yeah. being half celestial beings and then they had the power stone and then they were around all this different energy and everything and okay. he just kind of grew into like this stronger Groot form and everything. I'm down with it. We don't uh, really know anything about a species. so Exactly. Man. I mean, there's nothing really to this story. No, no stakes or anything. Um, they have two pretty good musical numbers that yeah, made it go, along, go, go a, little, like, a little too long for me. Yeah, they are a little long. But like, that's... Yeah. It's James Gunn. I'm fine with it. But Kevin Bacon fucking... Kevin Bacon. So of all fun. people, yeah. You know? they, they could bring him back at some point, too, to fight in Secret Wars. That'd be so that'd be funny. So, yeah, that'd be great, yeah. <laughs> that'd be so funny. Um, and then, like, you know, Mantis... Yeah, Mantis is uh, Peter's, you know, sister now. Yes. Um, Half-sister, yeah. Yes, I I could probably guess that, you know? But now it's kind of cool that it's confirmed. I, I did like that, yeah. It was... You know, it was just it was nice. Yeah. It was a nice special. I wouldn't doubt that James Gunn was kind of trying to be smart about it because that might have been some exposition that was that might be important for Guardians Three that he could just get out of the way with this one. Yeah. You know? So All right. Well, that is wrapping up all of our movies and specials and 
TV show for um yeah, we kind of <laughs> ran the gamut this time. Yeah, we just went a little bit of everything here. Now it's time for our top ten movies of the year. <laughs> so let's start with uh, number ten here. What's your number ten here? Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Okay, I liked it better than the first one. Everyone, I agree, is all like you know. I guess I, I didn't uh, you know looking back this year. I just I don't think I've seen too many new movies. So that might be the because a lot of these ones are kind of like really, but you know, yeah, I just didn't see that many movies and like you know. But I think Black Panther for Wakanda Forever is a really decent movie. Um, they gave it four stars. Yeah, it was up there. It Something was, like that. What did I give it on the pot? Do you remember? I don't. I think we you were giving it like a seventy five. I think eighty. You know, something like that. In that range. I think I gave it like an eighty something as well. I don't yeah. know. They honored Chadwick. They told a decent story about grief with Sherry. Introduced Namor pretty well. Not too much wrong with it, but not too much like blew me out of the water. Great, you know. So, but yeah, that's why it's ten. My number ten, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Oh, really? <laughs> it was such a fun movie. That like, was pretty fun. I I watched it with James, and it was just, it was so like out of left field, and it was a lot funnier than I thought it was going to be. Like, it was kind of like, yeah, I didn't expect the. uh the uh, all the weird shit they had going on with it, but it, it, I thought it was gonna be more like a kids thing. Just like, oh, this is the kids thing. It wasn't necessarily yeah, no. just the kids thing. It was it was by, by Lonely Island. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly, Andy Samberg. Fucking love Andy Samberg. <laughs> <laughs> all right, <laughs> yeah, I saw that movie with Mike because he was really excited to watch it. We he watched was. it on like the premiere, like the yeah. opening day or whatever on Disney Plus. Yep. Uh, he, <laughs> because he, he loves w- that. Apparently, I don't know. Uh, all right, uh, I get Hellraiser twenty twenty two. I, I that one. I'm not a Hellraiser fan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so leading up, you know, I was just looking for movies to watch during Halloween season. And I was excited for this one because the like, trailer was really interesting. And I liked um, the director. I forgot his name. Uh, David Bruckman. Is that his name? Something he that. did The Night House, which I thought was a really interesting movie. And then he also uh, he did some other movie that I watched. I really liked it. I liked he's he's a solid kind of up and coming like another um, Dan Trachtenberg um, okay. slash Mike Flanagan kind of guy. Um, and I watched the original Hellraiser and the second one to prepare for this movie, and uh, I didn't like it. I didn't like the originals pretty much at all. I, mean, I thought they were like okay, yeah, I, get I it. think they're very like weird. I, I've seen the first one and I don't really remember it because that shows how memorable it is. Yeah. Um, but it's it's all right. It's like it's an he's a, like Hell, or a Pinhead is an iconic movie character, but his movie is not an iconic movie. If that makes sense, like yeah, no, Halloween is an iconic movie plus Michael Myers. Like same thing with yeah, you know? same thing with Friday Thirteenth. They're both iconic in their own ways. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, because Friday the Thirteenth just really popularized, really nailed that head on the head, like you know, just and, and, killing a bunch of characters the, in a fun way, machete in the head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then Nightmare on Elm Street, I think, is the kind of overall best kind of like entertaining movie slash iconic horror villain. Yep, I agree with that. Um, but yeah, Hellraiser twenty twenty two really kind of rebooted it in a way that's like with modern sensibilities and like uh, a, a modern way or better streamlined version of storytelling. Where like I was really engaged and like interested in like the now like interested in the backstory of all these these Cenobites and like like there's like there they added like the lore of like the sequence of the the puzzle box coming together and like they kind of go through the sequence to 
and then you get like a wish at the end of the sequence or whatever, but you have to sacrifice however many people for that. And, you know, it tells, it's like the, the main girl's, um, she's an addict. Uh, and so she's kind of trying to overcome that with, you know, there's a twist and turns, villains and stuff. So it's like a lot more there than you would expect than, or like the original movie was. Cause the original one was just like, um, this guy has like a weird, like sex kink and he like wants to like feel, you know, things a little too much and then he dies and then he gets resurrected by somebody putting their blood on a cutting themselves or something and then so he gets resurrected kind of but then he needs to get his girlfriend or his you know his one night stand or whatever lady to kill a bunch of people so he can absorb their energy it's really stupid and dumb and not a good movie but this one i don't even actually remember that <laughs> tells a story i don't know it's hard to explain but yeah i really liked it yeah. okay my number nine Black Panther, what kind of forever? Cool. So, as you just you said, liked it more than me. I did. I I thought it was um it was really well done, and for what it was, like yeah, there were some things we didn't really need, like you know Sherry. Or, I mean, not Sherry. <laughs> yeah, we don't need the main character or anything. Riri, Riri, Riri. <laughs> yeah, we don't need Sherry. Yeah. <laughs> She's all right. But yeah, no, I like how she struggled with grief and all that with you know when chadwick died and everything and how she took up the mantle was really well done they all the stuff behind the scenes that they had to do to prepare for this movie to actually get it to work like rewriting the whole script and everything yeah everything that went into this movie it really was it ended up shining through so yeah that's it was great yeah um my numbers are we on seven no eight Yes, eight, eight, eight. I can't fucking count. Uh, bodies, bodies, bodies. See, I was thinking about putting this one on there. Oh, so you've seen it? I have seen it. Did you like the end? <laughs> yeah. It's either love it or hate it, right? Yeah. It, it's not bad. Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> yeah. No, I get you. I liked it because, um, like, you know, should we spoil it or, like... Well, yeah. I mean... So, you know, the end, like, basically no, nobody... Everyone was just paranoid and ended up killing themselves somehow yeah uh based on like pete davidson accidentally killing himself in the beginning so but it just start it's kind of the domino effect um i thought it was really funny because it's like these guys are all idiots you know and they really thought something was going on when it, nothing was really going <laughs> yeah. on yeah like, it was, like nobody's out to get them or anything you know <laughs> paranoia just it's yeah it's a fickle thing and it's great yeah i thought it was and it was also kind of really funny like especially the ones the scene where the girl was um, I I could relate to it so so hard because it's like she's like uh, she's because she had a real uh, true crime podcast yeah and like we're I'm just like oh I know the struggle man you know like mm-hmm. you know she's like nobody listens to us like, you know, like I'm trying my best I'm doing all my research and I'm like yo me too me too uh, you know <laughs> it's just really funny it feels like you really related to this movie I, yeah I did I did, really did and then uh, you know I liked I like her I liked her character too because she's just like stop you're silencing me and like you know like all like the stupid kind of like you know the the talking points yep. and like buzzwords yeah <laughs> it's just so i like if like we finally were making fun of like gen z but like on like an actual like decent level you know so yeah it was really it was a really fun movie yeah i agree um my number eight the unbearable weight of massive talent okay yep. this was in yep. my top five for the first roundup um I think it was like number four or five, three or four. Um, yeah, yeah, we did that for that one, yes, right? Yes, yeah. it got pushed back, um, but it still 
such a funny movie. Him, Pedro Pascal and Nick Cage, A plus combo. I <laughs> loved both of them in this movie. I mean, it's hard to hate Pedro Pascal at this point. Yeah. Um, and Nick Cage, because he's Nick Cage. Um, <laughs> uh, I liked how he's self-aware, I, though. Yeah, he's self-aware, and then ends up making this whole movie into a movie yeah. at the end. Like, <laughs> and then, it's like, because of course he would, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's so funny. And um, what is it? kind of reminded, the ending reminded me a lot of um, The Disaster Artist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It, it just had that, that feeling, because they were in the movie theater and everything, and they were... <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know if they're making fun of that at that point, but like kind of comparing him to Tommy Wiseau, <laughs> but it, it's, it's kind like of, if Tommy Wiseau was an actual like genius. Yeah, but I don't want to say Nick Cage is a genius. It's hard to explain. He's he's very much an enigma when that, it comes to that's his, the word. Dude, I read an article that he thought he was an alien at one point until he, while he was a kid. Like he didn't think he was from I, Earth. At this point, just fucking go for it. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> he's so entertaining to watch, and he just fucking goes for it every time. There is no there, like, there's no ninety percent. It's always 100%. it's always a hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> he gives it his all. He gives it his all. <laughs> all right, what do you got for seven? Uh, Glass Onion. Okay, a Knives Out mystery. Nice. Yeah. Um, Ryan Johnson. I don't like him personally. Uh, but he can He's tell. To come around, to you, he, I think. Yeah, he can tell a pretty damn good uh, whodunit, and you know, because that's where like subversion of expectations are kind of needed mm-hmm. to make it interesting. You know, so you're like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. But I was expecting to not expect that. Not in my Star Wars movie, anyway. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was really good. Uh, little things here and there that I didn't like, uh, especially that monologue from Edward Norton. And I still, I've looked into this a little bit. Um, I, I also was listening to a podcast for knives out and I'm, I've been coming up with like questions of that. I don't think are answered in the, in the, each of those movies. And that kind of destroys a lot of the movie. Like, so glass onion, I brought it up in the podcast where why would he set, why would Edward Norton or, um, Miles Braun send uh, one of the puzzle boxes to a dead person that he knows is dead that he personally killed. Yeah, that's that. That's the impetus for the whole movie. I'm willing to let it go if like there's some sort of like he was doing it to because he's dumb and he was trying to cover his tracks in a dumb way or some shit like that. I mean, he is pretty dumb, so it kind he of is make dumb. Sense. It would make sense. Yeah, <clears throat> it's, I don't think that was explicitly said in the movie. No. So that's what I'm a little confused about. And then in Knives Out, um, I'm, it might have been answered. I haven't seen it in a while, but there's a plot point where um, Marta's mother's, you know, immigration policy or like immigration status comes into into play where she's yeah. illegal. Um, that kind of just goes away, you know, because so when Marta wins at the end where she gets everything in the will and shit, um, the thrombies are obviously pissed at her. So what's stopping them from um, turning her mother in? You know, and ruining her life. Well, she's rich now. Well, Marta's rich now, so she can kind of push that through. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, that's a whole. It's not brought up. Commentary on the wealthy and everything. I think that's more of what it is. Like, they can get away with a lot of shit, just like it is in the second one, Glass Onion. So, I mean, I think it's. That's like, I'm willing kind of, to let it go because yeah, it's still exactly. a good movie. I'm just like, I just wish it was answered. That's, that's my in some take way. On it. And nobody else is really. I looked it up. Nobody's really bringing up these these questions. You know, I don't think either. Are there people not looking into it or like, or like, or is it answered and I'm just missing something? I don't know. Well, Ryan, if you're listening, 
Yeah, Ryan, if you listen to this very, very small time podcast, Thanks. who shits on you literally every episode, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're good in your corner. I like you in your corner, but, you know. Anyway, uh, good movie, and that's my number six. Yes. Seven. Seven. <laughs> Ten, nine, eight, seven. It's okay. my number seven. Number seven for me? Smile. I thought Smile was... Also, I was... I, I thought it was really fun. It was a fun movie. It was very... Uh, it follows. It was literally the whole plot of it follows, um, pretty much <laughs> to right. a T, almost. Except yeah. you know, it <laughs> it was more entertaining. It was than it gory follows. And I didn't entertaining. like it. That's exactly what it was. That's what you want in these movies. And yeah, um, and the end <laughs> where she was just like fighting this. I I don't even know what the fuck was going on at the end of that movie. I was just like, it's what like is, her mom, but what the is demon? going on? Yeah. At this point. I thought it was just ridiculous and right in just the right way. And then now her boyfriend is gonna like continue <laughs> the whole thing or her ex boyfriend's gonna continue the whole yeah, thing. Like, it's, like she, it's a cool setup for a franchise. Like it is. Yeah. But, I think and then the whole marketing campaign for the movie too. I mean that I think is someone needs to get a promotion for that. Yeah. I think that was the most genius marketing plan in a, in, for, in a while. Yep. Like, you know, go into just like different like baseball games and just smiling creepily at the camera, just yep. doing the Kubrick they stare in LA and they did it in New York. Yeah. So it, it generated yeah. a lot of hype and it worked like, uh, the movie itself. It's um, you have to go into it knowing it's a dumb horror movie it's 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 not it's not hereditary you know it's not prestige horror you know but it's yeah. it's it's a it's kind of just a right straight down the middle you're gonna have fun with this movie yes yeah yes exactly. so yeah um all right uh, six. next my number six the batman the batman the batman okay. three hours long three hours long that's pretty much the only thing negative i can say about it really okay it's just way too long it's too long right. because it feels like it ends at like the two hour mark and then we have a whole other hour you know yeah i, I get it okay. that would have been a good kind of like because like i don't know if you're if you want to go like street level like dingy you i feel like you would do the batman corruption mob story first mm-hmm but then they have to add in the Riddler who wants to kill the corrupt people too. But like you're so you're going then you're still doing like the two sides of the same coin story at the same time. So I mean it's a little bit of two mixed stories. It works just barely, you know what I mean? But I, like I you know. yeah, I mean I do have this a little further up in the list, so I'll explain my stuff when we get to it. Mm. But it's uh I like the atmosphere. I think that's the biggest thing. I and really got the see vibe. Young Batman doing stuff like yeah, you're one or two Batman. Like yeah, it's cool he's to still see. learning his. You know, he, like uh, like this is a an origin for Bruce Wayne instead of Batman because he's still trying to learn how to do Bruce Wayne by mm-hmm. by the end of this movie. Exactly. So because yeah, that that's the whole thing where he's you know yeah yeah and actually this is actually the first that was the first video podcast that we ever did podcast the Batman yeah. yeah so all right number six for me Bullet Train. I had such a hard time going between number five and six and where I wanted to put them. Um, but yeah, bullet train is such a fun movie. Like I'm glad we did a podcast on this one. Cause yeah. it was just such a wild ride. Mm-hmm. It's another Brad Pitt fucking masterpiece. <laughs> um, Brad Pitt. I think he might be my favorite actor. Really? I'm, yeah. I like him in almost At everything I see him in. Brad Pitt. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't, a, I wasn't, that tuned in his old stuff. Yeah. Other than Fight Club and Mr. and Mrs. Smith, maybe. Yeah. 
but like recently like once upon a time in hollywood this movie and like uh he was in some other shit too i don't know i like him in everything really but yeah brad pitt and aaron taylor johnson in this like man yeah <laughs> i didn't even know that was aaron taylor johnson when we watched the movie <laughs> really yeah i think i mentioned that on the podcast That's awesome. i could i was like yeah. who is this guy who is this guy he's so fucking funny and i was like oh it's aaron taylor johnson because <laughs> like i only recognize him from fucking uh from uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. That's the only uh, thing I recognize from him. It looks completely see, I knew different in that from, movie. I so. know him from Kick-Ass. Yes. Yeah, OG. I, I never watched Kick-Ass. Yeah. Um, which Evan Peters is in that too, in like a minor role, which is really interesting. It's really funny. But yeah, I like, I love, I love their dynamic. Yeah. Uh, I love Lemon. I love... Uh, the Thomas the Tank Tank yeah, engine thing. Like, he's the diesel. You know, it's just so so much stupid bullshit in a movie. And, then, <laughs> and that's the kind of the trend of my list right now. It's just I'm having fun this yeah, year. You and know, then Michael Shannon showing up at the end. Just <laughs> yeah, what the, what the fuck? I was hoping for Keanu Reeves the whole time. I was really hoping for Keanu Reeves, yeah. but I'm I'm glad it was Michael Shannon too. Yep. Yeah. You know? And then uh, what's her face? The prince. Uh, the prince. She was. Uh, she was really good too. Like I forget. Oh, well, who? What's her name? Um, Joey King. Joey King. Yeah, she's really. She was really good in that role. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, oh my God, fucking Percy Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Was, okay. You know where has he been? He's been fucking on a farm for ten years, and he just shows up in this movie. <laughs> it's just. It's an off the rails, legit off the rails movie, and it's. <laughs> yeah. It, it's probably. I think it was the most. Yeah, it was the most fun movie of the year, I'd say. Oh, I have to dis- like disagree with you fun. there, but it seems like everyone had fun making that movie too. Oh yeah, it seems like yeah, so. that's one of those movies where like I, I really want to be on set. Yeah, for that. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, actually, well, that's my number. That's my number five. Okay, Bullet, yeah, Bullet so let's continue talking about it. Yes, yeah, so I, <laughs> you know, um, weak links maybe are like the the dad or the dad whose like, son falls off the the thing i don't he didn't really need to be there i did like the grandmaster or whatever you call him at the end um yeah I that one actor who's in like who just plays all of like the the wise like um, he's like the new pat Morita, you know <laughs> he's like, he just plays all the wise asian men in all the movies now uh, <laughs> and then, uh it's, what else yeah i it's it, it was just a fun stupid movie it was like deadpool without dead oh ryan reynolds is in well, it i mean yeah he does david, the stupid david leitch like he's the director so. yeah yeah <laughs> i love and i love it like uh you know brad pitt ladybug he didn't he's like he's such a like a dante he's like i don't even i wasn't even supposed to be here this wasn't even my assignment i don't even know you i don't even know you dude like <laughs> fucking yeah. bad bunny too <laughs> um yeah uh such a fun movie um <laughs> yeah my number five which i had a hard time going between six and five barbarian so yeah, okay i that movie again it, the only thing with that was it just kept me on the edge of my seat the whole time yeah and it's it another, rare for a horror movie to do that recently and another yeah it's just it's so well done and so well layered as we already talked about so yeah. that's that's all i really have to say about it so number four well, number four elvis I still didn't see that one. Uh, I I saw this in theaters, and it's uh, a very uh, very sappy, touching, at, especially towards the end. So I left the theater feeling like, oh man, we lost an icon. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that kind of feeling. But I do think it tells a pretty decent. Uh, you know, Baz Luhrmann is very kind of like love him or hate him director. Like uh, Great Gatsby, people I like the movie, um, but I don't necessarily like his style. You know, oh, yeah. Then there's Tom Hanks being Tom Hanks with it. He should not do accents. 
Tom Hanks should never do accents. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not, I don't get the whole Tom Hanks thing. I really don't get the hype. No, he's kind of like the female Meryl Streep. I just watched Polar Express in the last week. And <laughs> I don't want to kill myself. So, dude, I hate that movie. Yeah unpopular opinion I, I despise that movie letterboxd rankings i gave it a one and a half so yeah, it's i think it's sep's favorite movie or favorite christmas movie right didn't she say that on the podcast i don't yeah what do you know what do you know hope not <laughs> but that is talking to do <laughs> uh, austin butler did such a good job like if we're talking i think he he outdoes rami malik when it comes to playing real life people, he outdoes them completely. There's a new thing going around that Austin Butler wants to be the Human Torch in the Fantastic Four movie. Okay, yeah, I think he could do a good job with it. It'd be a different one than we're used to with Chris Evans, but like, yeah, I think he could do it. Yeah, it also might be like kind of pushing him down in a way, though, if he does go for that role. Like, I feel like he's like he would even up and comer. Like, he's like getting like, swallowed up by the. By yeah. the machine, you yeah, know. Don't, don't do that. Like, keep doing your thing. Like, keep doing these dramas if you want to make it. Yeah. It, I mean, it's easier to get to the top than stay there. So, I mean. Well, it's like, yeah, either you do, at this point, it's either you do, like, really good art or you do the money makers. Timothy Chalamet, I think, is kind of riding the line there. Because Dune yeah. has the potential to make a shit ton of money. So, it's like a big blockbuster franchise movie. But he's, it's still, like, a prestige kind of artsy thing, you know? Especially with Denis Villeneuve behind it. So, uh, Austin Butler, he could definitely have that kind of career trajectory. And especially, it would be kind of interesting because um, he would be kind of like a Robert Pattinson where he comes, he comes from that kind of franchise Disneyland thing because he started off in Disney Channel and Nickelodeon shit. Yeah. And now he's, like, becoming an actual actor. Well, this this Ellis movie took a toll on Austin Butler, though, too. So, I mean, like... Yeah, well, he, he was stuck in the accent for, what, like, a year or something after he made it? So... Well, it wasn't even <laughs> that. Like, he was, like, mentally, this one just, like... Yeah, well... Fucked him up. Like... Yeah. I could, <laughs> oh, he's one of those... He's gonna be a, a method actor. Yeah. I don't like method actors, man. But he's I like, think it's just an excuse Ledger. to be a douchebag, you know? Heath Ledger. <laughs> It killed him, you know. Jared Leto, <laughs> fuck Jared Leto, man. Um, yeah, anyway. Whatever. Uh, anyway, so number four for me though, Top Gun Maverick. So I and you think and you don't think you think I didn't want to see Bullet this, Train's the most fun movie of the year. Yes, really, hundred percent, <sighs> yeah. Um, Maverick was really well done. Very well done. It took so long to make this movie, and they yeah. <laughs> did a great job with it. I've never been a Tom Cruise fan. But <laughs> this movie, I mean, it wasn't necessarily all about him, though. Like, it was about... More about Rooster. Yeah. Yeah. And his... And then all the other people. <laughs> um, yeah, it, the action sequences, just all the fighter jet sequences, like, they were all practical for the most part. Like, not... Like, probably 80, 85% practical. Mm -hmm. And fuck man like just the cinematography and everything that went behind that movie just yeah. fantastic I mean, we gushed about or I, I gushed about yeah, I this movie uh, in the last roundup episode yeah uh, I love this movie you know and spoilers it's coming up on my list but uh, <laughs> uh, what my we're on three yeah we're on no we're on four four no my four was Elvis oh yeah you're, so three we're on is, three we are on three now yes yeah, alright <clears throat> Barbarian <laughs> yeah. So, like, anything else we haven't really talked about with that one? Because we talked about that a lot this episode. Uh, nothing else I can really say. I just, you know, I gave it four and a half stars. Uh, it 
it is my favorite horror movie of the year. Um, yeah, okay. it was just really well done. It surprised me, you know, yeah. and I'm excited to see what uh, Zach, whatever the fuck his name is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know your name, but uh, Whitest Kid You Know Guy. Sorry, you're going to be remembered like that. I'm excited for what you do next. So, okay. Um, number three for me, the Batman. So, Ooh, okay. It's kind of staying in that same area it was um, six months ago when we did the other roundup episode. So, it's like the two, three range. Mm-hmm. Um, the, as you mentioned, like it's it's good, but it is three hours long. Um, I loved the fact that we got the street level Batman, the Riddler. Holy shit! You didn't know the Riddler could be that fucking crazy, and it yeah. was really well done. We did not need the Joker scene, as I mentioned many times before. Yeah, it's probably the other kind of thing I would take out. Yes, the only another con. But everything else, Robert Pattinson, he's Batman. He's fucking Batman. He nailed like, it. He he really did. And I thought I loved Ben Affleck as Batman. I thought I loved Christian Bale as Batman. Yeah. I'm really starting to like Robert Pattinson as Batman. I've seen this movie three times now, I believe. And <laughs> dude, he's he's really good. He's a great I, mix of both. I think the only weird thing with casting is having Andy Serkis be Alfred. It might be the one yeah, of the only things it, that would change. It's weird, but it's not bad. It's not a bad thing. I'd He's say. not bad because it's like the Gotham version of um, Alfred that we got. Like it's younger Batman and younger Alfred because Alfred was a war hero. Remember that in some comic lines, and that's what I think they're going for in this one. I would just kind of want to have somebody who's more of like a Christopher Lee kind of okay. person, you know? Okay, but hey, it is what it is. And if we get to see some badass Alfred and Batman team ups, hell, dude, that'd be so cool. <laughs> Um, that would be pretty cool. And then, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where they go in this next one. And yeah. We got the Penguin series coming up. We got the Arkham series coming up. I don't know if they're the same thing or not, but... It, oh, um, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. So... One thing I just wish they would do with DC, or uh, specifically Batman and Spider-Man, have a, a big budget movie-type uh, budget for a show. Imagine having multiple seasons, five, six seasons of Batman fighting crime. You have different story arcs, just like the comics. That would be more more clearly related to the comic books than what they're doing with the MCU, where they do movie to movie. Yeah, is you know, it's just, it feels so because like as I mentioned in the in the Batman podcast, I like we don't ever get to see one version of Batman really have a storied career of being Batman. It's all like, cause he counts his years. This is year two Batman at the start of this franchise. I want to see him get up to year 10. Well, you know, be dark Knight like, trilogy kind of did that. If you think about it. No, it didn't. What do you mean? <laughs> he had one movie. Um, he had one movie where he's like learning to be an origin story. Yeah. Six months later, he fights the Joker. And then the next movie he's out, he's out of commission for eight of, years. That's the end of his career. Exactly. He had a one year career. Yeah. And then came back. Yeah, so like we didn't and see then, any of the in between between Dark Knight and um, yeah, but Rises, nothing happens so. in Dark Knight Rises. They established he's been gone for eight years. Exactly. So that's what I mean? Yeah. All right. Imagine having like an entire show where he's Batman and he 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 gets to the point where he's grizzled from the start. He's fresh and then he gets grizzled by the end of the show. I like that. I want to see so, that. It's it's hard to do. You got to. I know it's because it's it's and it doesn't movies make movies too. Like it's yeah yeah. But I'm saying if you want to do justice to the story and the character of Batman. That's how you do it. True. Very true. Um, that's my two cents. All right. What's your number two? Uh, number two is Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> uh, the most fun movie I have seen this year. Uh, I instantly bought it on 4k. I, 
you know, I, I, I was so blown away. I saw this movie on a whim. So my expectations were very low. I had I, seen trailers and like hype for this movie five, five, six years ago. I was working at fucking FYE when I saw the first trailer for this movie. Like, yeah. you know, I had no expectations seeing this movie. I'm like, this is just going to be a shitty thing. It's, it's way past its prime. And they blew me the fuck away. I, I can't describe how much I love this movie. You know, it's just, it, this is how you do a legacy sequel. They've been trying to nail this formula for like six years now. And this is how you do it. You know, bring in old characters, tell a new story and maybe even hand it off to the next generation. Nice. You know, so <laughs> outstanding movie. Uh, I think I literally, I think I had gave it five stars on my letterbox. I love this movie. Good for you. <laughs> um, number two, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Um, it, Wait, is your number two? Number two. Okay, okay. Yep. And nothing else to be said about that one either because we've, we've talked about that one before. Um, yep. Number one, we know. We, we both have it, thing. yeah. Everything, so, everywhere, all at once. Yep. The number best one, movie of the year. Of the year. Oh, hands if, down. Yeah. Best movie of the year. We've, I've gushed about this um, on the last Roundup episode. It was... You know, I think at the time it's still it was yeah it stayed my number one since I've seen it. I don't know what else to say. It's so good. It's got the heart. It's got the action. It's got the comedy. It's got literally everything you want in a movie. Yeah. And it's an experience. So well balanced. So well layered. Yeah. Like we get what's his face short round. Uh, I don't remember his actual. I can't remember. His yeah, name I don't know name. his name. Um, but like <laughs> we get him getting a career comeback in this and he's getting going in new movies now. Like, yeah, it's so cool to see. And just, it, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, it's I, just, I, there's nothing else. You can't, can't describe it. It's just movie. so good. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It, it'll literally, uh, I said it before. It'll cure your depression. Yeah. It, 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 it grabs you and brings you down to the depths of apathy. Mm-hmm. And then it, gives you something to like live for. I think this movie might, might actually change somebody's life. Like it might save Honestly. them if they're thinking about doing something. Honestly. Uh, you know, and my favorite scene is a scene with two fucking rocks with googly eyes on Dude, them. right? Like that scene is so well done. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah. Um, I had this thought the other day where I'm just like how it's really cool how like you can tell an entire story, uh, like an entire journey if you do it right, um, in two hours. So two hours of my living time, real time, I can have an entire like experience of somebody else's life and somebody's story and then go on with my day afterward. And that only took two hours. Honestly, this know? might be the best movie in years. This yeah. might be the best movie in years. Yeah. Like the past two yeah, three, I'd say three, four I'd, years. I, I had to look at the, the movies that came out in like the past five years. But yeah, I'd say, you know, it's, it's definitely up there. up there. It's top three. My God. Yeah. If this thing doesn't... Like win book solid at the Oscars this year, it has to. Sweep. I have no hope for any of the Oscar stuff anymore, and the little hope that I had left okay, to begin well, with. The thing is, <laughs> you know, the thing we haven't even mentioned. It's such a diverse cast, and that's what yeah. Hollywood is looking for. So I think it will sweep just because of that. It's it checks all the boxes as well as telling a very good story. You know, so yeah, it'll do numbers. It'll it'll yeah. do it'll do definitely awards and stuff. So all right, well, what a year for movies. What a crazy movies. Yeah, um I still I still don't think this year beats like 2018 or 2019 yeah. when it comes to movies because there were so many fucking bangers in those the, two years. It's but. the best in the last few though. Yeah. And yeah. I I'm glad to see things are getting back to where they should be and hell yeah. I'm 
fucking god, I'm so happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a this is a fun little chat we had about it. Um anything else you have to say? No. Just you know, I'm excited for, you know, stuff that are related to a lot of these movies like in the like the next like the sequels or fr- part of the franchise what's coming next so yeah I- i'm sure when we uh have our next in one of our next few movies um either avatar or babylon we're going to talk about movies we're excited for next year we're running out of time right now though so we're kind of yeah we're packed right now we got a packed schedule for the end of the year we do and um yeah, so we're seen before. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok with the handle at Seen It Beforecast. That's S C E N E, It Beforecast. And on Twitter with the handle S I B underscore pod. I'm Dan. I'm Danny, and you nailed it that time. I know. <laughs> uh, I'm Danny. You can find me on Instagram at Danny underscore Wass. My letterbox is serialized at DJ Wass or my YouTube channel, which is just Danny Wass. And uh, yeah, pay attention to the next few episodes for the end of the year and the end of the season. And then, uh, you know, we got some pretty exciting stuff coming next season like we already planned most of it yeah you know? I mean, next season's not starting for another few months but i mean yeah. you know next year starting a few weeks at this point so got a lot to look forward to especially oh oppenheimer i'm really excited for Super that excited one. For first no one i've been excited for in a long time i guess when we see avatar uh, in theaters i guess if you see it in imax or rpx there's a special trailer specifically for oppenheimer yeah i'm not seeing that shit in imax you're not no that's the way to see it that's like the whole point. We have fake IMAX here. We don't yeah, have real well, IMAX. RPX is like it's sort of like it's the fake IMAX. It is fake IMAX, but like I, I'm pretty sure the trailer will show that. So like, fine, you know. fine. <laughs> you already got the ticket. I'm just letting you know. I don't have a ticket because I didn't go the other day, so uh, I'm gonna have to get. Well, a you new don't ticket. have a. Oh shit! Yeah. So we'll you're gonna see. have a, you're gonna have a hard a pain in the dick getting that ticket. Uh, that's fine. We'll <laughs> All right. All right. Well, anyway, it, it's been an honor as usual. We'll see you next time.